0: Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger,
1: And I'm Frank Mills, and welcome to the show today. Hey, uh, we are excited about this week's show. We move on in the Master Series. We're going to look at Program 7 today from Vince Garanda's Master Series. And also in the second part of the show, we're going to continue with the Master Series. We're going to be talking about nutrition for gaining weight. So a jam-packed show today. And, uh, you know, Armin this master series is uh, well, like a big thick novel or right. I mean, this is a lot of work for you to get through this stuff.
0: I was pretty surprised at how in-depth he he made this uh, particular document. Um, So there's, there's a lot of content Mm -hmm. in it still. So you can get a lot of training off the master series for sure. um, And it had new stuff every single session that you, you change it up. So, uh, he, had, he, he he was on top of his game when he put this material together
1: for sure. <laughs> well, definitely a lot of great information. So I'm kind of curious, what's really involved in program seven of the master series?
0: Yeah. So that's another thing with each of these sections, he he highlights certain aspects of training and other things that come up. And so mm-hmm. in this one here, he talks about the mental state of training. Uh, he talks about, you Know the, he changes up as far as the exercises. He's just gonna, he's again, we're gonna go back to one exercise, but he's gonna do four sets of 12,
2: mm-hmm. except
0: for calves. He, he, he's a 20 to 30 rep kind of guy for the calves, which I agree with. So, but you know, that's good. And then he talks about slant boards because uh, at three when he wrote this, they were kind of a popular thing about how to mm-hmm. train your abdominals. And he said that those are going to be a thing of the past, and so we're gonna talk about why that happened. And they really okay. They're not that beneficial, and then, um, then he just did, he does a deep dive to nutrition as far as a hard gainer, people that struggle to gain weight. Uh, so we're not going to get all the way in that deep dive, but we're going to hit the high points of uh, if you have a hard gainer, some of the things that he recommends. So it, it's a, it's all really good. I mean, it it was very in depth in section. So um, and so I had to kind of filter through everything because there's no way we get the show done if I went through everything he put in. There,
1: so. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, you know, in sports, a lot of times they talk about mental toughness and how important oh, yeah. that is because, you know, um, it seems like a lot of the top athletes out there have that mental toughness, the ability to overcome adversity. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the mental state. I was curious, what exactly was the, all that about, Armin?
0: Well, initially, this is where Vince talks about uh, being physically disciplined, and this is really critical for success. Uh, And he also talked about you you need to visualize that you're already achieved where you want to be as part of this mental state. So make that, what he called it, a desired state of being, as as he put it. And then at the end of the day, what it all basically means is... You should concentrate on everything you're doing and every movement, every rep, the whole Mm -hmm. thing through your training and your nutrition and not be distracted. He said that these are the things that he's noticed with a lot of champions, they don't get distracted. So they just focus on the task at hand
1: to get as much out as possible. So he felt that this was very critical to success.
0: Yeah, so this is something he observed with all the different uh, professionals that he uh, that he ran into, is mm-hmm. and the different champions he even worked with. Is it was a very distinctive trait. You know, they had a game plan with each and every workout, and they, they got in there and it was all about that. And they're in and out. You know, they didn't hmm. stand around talk and engage people, which you know you see a lot in the gym. It's just, right. they're in there, they're doing they're doing their training, and then they're out of there. So. Uh, and he just felt like that was one of the traits that was very was very distinctive for each one of the champions.
1: Interesting. So curious. What are your thoughts on this?
0: Well, I gotta agree a hundred percent. I mean, you know, I found myself naturally doing that, anyways, in the sense mm-hmm. that I'm trying to better myself and I'm trying to understand. You know, if I do it this way, is it going to get the result I'm looking for? And you don't want to be talking to somebody uh, when you're trying to do this because you're you're trying to learn. And that's that's a part of the, the learning process, you know, in my opinion. So, uh, mm-hmm. so each rep that I'm doing, I'm trying to make sure I was doing it as correctly as possible, uh, making sure I'm giving all the effort that I can, and then I'm also focusing on my rest periods not going too long to make sure I'm keeping the pressure on, keep the intensity up. And mm-hmm. I think it's really helped me for my long term sustainability of just keeping on tra- training because. You know, training gets pretty monotonous over time. You just if you're doing the same sets and reps, you know, that's gonna get boring. So mm-hmm. these are techniques that people come up with to keep it interesting. And but you've got gotcha. to focus and concentrate on everything. So I, I agree hundred percent.
1: Well, as we've went through the master series, you know, we're on uh what, gosh, number seven today. Uh we've we talked about a lot of different types of training and exercises but you know is there another kind of change in training at this stage
0: yeah so he just again at this point he just simplified the training a little bit more and Mm -hmm. so he just picked one particular exercise and then you're going to do four sets 12 reps but the caveat to that four sets of 12 reps was he wanted you to do some creative cheating on the last four reps uh as as part of um you know except for the calves you know he stayed right, in the twenty right. three rep range but he wanted you to do four creative cheating reps again to help push yourself a little bit more so basically it's eight quality reps with four with some forced reps is, is another way of putting it and just
1: you know, a way to cheat through the the movement. Okay. You said forced reps. Tell us about what forced yeah. reps are. <laughs> all right good question.
0: Uh all right this is where you're when you're training, you, you typically want to have a spotter to help get you through the full range of motion, the reps, get you through those sticking points.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, if you're doing a bicep curl and you're starting to get hung up about midway, you mm-hmm. got somebody there that can help kind of ease that weight past the sticking point. Then you can come back up and then again, come, you know, fight the weight all the way back down and then okay. repeat again, have somebody help get you through the rep. So you just have some assistance. So you're pushing yourself to get through the sticking points to see if you can fatigue even more muscle fiber, And they're mm-hmm. very effective. So I really like them too. Now, if you don't have a spotter though, that's where the, you know, that's a challenge. So what I would say is it probably be best to do rest pause training where you do as many full you know reps as you can. But if you haven't got to your 12 yet, then rest for like a 10 to 15 count and then go again with again, full range uh, reps. Because that's a similar effect where you're really forcing the body they have to push a little bit more than what it's normally used to, and you just hmm. you repeat the rest pause until so you get all them reps done. So okay. that would be another approach if you didn't have a spotter.
1: Earlier, you had mentioned about slant boards being um, a thing of the past. Do you still actually feel that way? I mean, is that accurate? Well, I use them in the in my day, but that's because they were they
0: were there, mm-hmm. and it, it looked like you know we had I had them in the high school. All the high school teams right, have it. Right. It was the most, one of the most popular things out there. They had that angle where you're laying back and you got to come up to engage the, you know, to what you thought were going to engage the abdominals. Mm-hmm. But Vince is like, no, all you're working is a psoas muscle. And that's really not working the abdominal area. So he, uh, he, he hated the thing. Uh, and mm-hmm. he also felt like because the angle, the way your spine is hanging, that it's going to cause potential injury to the vertebrae. So that was another hmm. thing he didn't like about it. So, gotcha. you know, he went on to say in the in the in the document that he, you know, he had proven it simply to be wrong to do that and that what he had proven was using a flat surface to keep the vertebrae flat so you're not going to irritate the, the the back and he felt he, he felt what he showed pr- produced superior results versus using a slant board. So that's why he, t- he said as this is not going to continue. Uh, now he also mentioned that um, uh, you know by putting the angle and using a slant board, that stress is also going to affect the solar plexus area, which is in the chest area, also known as this, he calls the second brain. He felt why that overstimulation of that is also going to cause you to uh, affect your hormone levels. He felt it affected the hormone depletion. Now. I'm not sure where he got all that from, but that's what his statement was. So, um, you know, with with those days, there wasn't a lot still known about hormones and stuff, but he felt very strongly about it. So that's why he he felt like, oh, this this isn't going to (laughs) work.
1: That's, uh, well, you know, he, he didn't just kind of make things up it was because of trial and error and he knew what worked and what didn't work right so yeah i i I am kind of curious uh about what exercises or his suggestion to actually work the abdominals did did he have a thought process on that specifically
0: so at this particular stage of the document this is where he uh was talking about frog sit-ups uh he called them set ups is what he called them. But what what you do here, you lay on a flat board or lay flat on a floor with a pad or whatever, and you put your legs in a frog type position and you put your hands behind your head and you come up, you keep your chin down, you come up just enough to contract the abdominal area because it's you Hmm. know it runs from your sternum to your pelvis, the abdominal area. So you just want to contract that and keep it as short as short range because it's a mm-hmm. short uh, range muscle anyways and hmm. he's you know he, he did it himself and it's very effective i've done them and they are effective and they burn really well so you don't need to do a lot of reps with them either if you do the you know hold it for you know, a certain amount of time to contract it then come back and stretch and repeat so mm-hmm. that's where he introduced the frog setup uh, as part of it and then he you know, then he moved on to the consymmetric crunch which was a uh, you know, a little bit different than the frog setup, but, uh, that was the thing that he, he really pushed, um, as a, as a better alternative, um, with that, that document.
1: Interesting. Uh, never heard of that though. So yeah, I found that pretty, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's actually cool. Okay. So here we are, uh, in the master series at number seven, um, where there certain exercises that he suggested or that, he would recommend for this.
0: Yeah, like each section, he's just picking other movements that he felt would be ideal. I think based on the amount of sets you're doing and the amount of reps. Mm-hmm. So in this one here, you know, he's with the pecs. He he just does the wide pec dip, which he was a big fan of, anyways, with the overall pec or the lower pec. And then he just does a lat pull for the lats. Mm-hmm. Uh, now from there, I you know I'm not sure why he didn't do anything for the row movement, but you know, I think you really should, and we'll talk more about that. But um, then for delts, it was just lateral raises. He had different versions of lateral raises, but he just had the standard lateral raise. <clears throat> and then for biceps, this is where he introduces what's called the perfect curl or the complete curl. Hmm. And okay. there's there's a lot of mechanics to that particular exercise. I've 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 attempted it, uh, and if you do hit the angle just right, it does really max out the bicep. But it's it's a kind of technical move, and you're not going to be able to show it here on video or Right. that but it is one that you can look up online and, and find some people have tried to attempt it but this is where he introduces the perfect curl as he calls it and that's what okay. biceps and then for the thighs he does a uh he always did front squats anyways but he does with a different variation of the front squat so this was where he introduced the burlesque bump squat i guess we had the bar in the front of the shoulders and you have your feet elevated on the board and you lean forward um to stretch the quads to come back and then you you bounce your hips back then you lean forward again and then come straight up it's called a burlesque bump um, hmm. and that's a very effective exercise it's you know it's it's pretty tough so i gotta i gotta say he's really creative with that and then it, for the calves he's just doing the toe raise um again the rep scheme was uh 20 to 30 so anything you could do a toe raise on uh, on a block typically is what he was suggesting on there uh, for, for this particular one so okay. So,
1: sure, okay, okay. So, so I'm sure everybody's kind of curious. Uh, how, how long you would do this routine? All right. So, like most of these
0: routines, they weren't really stipulated. So, uh, my opinion would be you you just keep doing it as long as you as you can, as long as you're getting results. Mm-hmm. So, it gotcha. you know, can range from it could be six weeks or it could be you know 16 weeks, which is like four months, that kind of thing. Uh, depending on how you're responding. So that's the thing mm-hmm. you have to decide on. And If you're getting stronger, you're making good gains, then I would probably keep going with it because it is going to level out. So in a nutshell. But one thing I forgot to mention is uh, with this routine here, it looked like it was just upper body one day and then lower body the next day. So mm-hmm. that's how that was kind of put together because it, again, fundamentally, it's just um, that amount of sets. So, no, oh, actually I'm cr- incorrect. It was pecs, lats, delts day one, tricep, bicep, day two, and then legs, day three. Sorry about that. Legs so, safe, Yeah, that's how okay. you had to split up.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So as we've progressed through the master series, I know you've done a lot, but as we wrap up the segment, any final thoughts on this?
0: Yeah. So when you're doing the exercises, uh, I would, I would myself, plug in some other exercises to kind of change up things and hit other parts of of each muscle group. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're doing the the dip for the pecs, um, you know, other alternatives would be do some fly work on another session. And then maybe another workout, do some presses, you know, to kind of change it up and uh, kind of round out everything. Because you can do some incline dumbbell chest presses to hit that upper pec if you wanted on one week as well, Mm -hmm. uh, as an example. And then do something on back day instead of doing, you know, a lat pull, maybe do a row movement the next the next session. Again, to change it up so you're working the thickness of the back and there's different kind of row movements dumbbell rows or barbell rows machine rows that kind of thing. Uh, throw in some on on the shoulder day throw in some shoulder presses uh, things along those lines uh, to change it up, maybe some rear deltoid movements and then for triceps. You know, I really like close grip bench press. I think that's just a bread and butter move for triceps. It really helps my mm-hmm. development and the thickness. Uh, but, you know, other than that, you could do regular uh, tricep extension movements as another alternative. And then on the on the perfect curl, you know, complement that with a drag curl or compliment that with a, a hammer curl. You know, something to change that up. And then for legs. You know, instead of doing the squat, you know, do a leg press or a hack squat, and then, you know, work your different foot positions there to kind of incorporate all these different things. This gives you good variety and helps to change it up. Right. And then on the calf raises, you can do a standing calf, you can do a seating calf. You've got a lot of variations that, uh, that you can utilize for that. So that's kind of what I would do if I was going through this and uh, to kind of challenge yourself, but also change it up and keep it fresh.
1: Well, a lot of great information on the Master Series by Vince Gironda, Program 7. Armin and I were going to continue with the nutrition for gaining weight after the break. So, stand by for a quick word from NSP Nutrition, and Armin and I will be right back.
0: NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armand Echelbarger.
1: And I'm Frank Mills. And before we get started into Program 7, Gaining Weight, uh excuse me nutrition for for gaining the weight gainers. yeah sorry about that um we want to talk a little bit about Vince's gym you know right now take advantage of an amazing offer right now yeah. you can get into Vince's gym at nspnutrition.com 76% off right now yeah. i'm just running this ad for a short time uh i would highly advantage or highly Suggest that you take advantage of this uh armin there's a lot of great information and content in vince's gym why don't you give everybody an idea on what they would get
0: yeah so you had different programs uh, you know you can do the 21 day challenge but after you get done with that then you have an alternative now you can go to vince's gym and that's where you can get the eight by eight the six by six the uh, bulk course and then the maximum definition course uh, for take your training to another level and to change things up. And all the exercises are in there. They all have video and they're all uh, manageable through the app that they have. So it's pretty cool. So I would give it a, you know, give it a try. It's, it's not really expensive right now. see yeah, I like it. Uh, you, you, I think you're gonna learn a lot. So that's, uh, that'd be my thoughts.
1: <laughs> I agree. So head over to nspnutrition.com. You'll see it right on the front page, 76% off. Yeah. Just click and you can join Vince's gym today. All right. So thanks so much for that. And let's start on Program 7, Nutrition for Gaining Weight. You know, it's kind of hard for me because guys that I always hung around wanted to lose weight and gain muscle, right? So to gain weight, it's hard for me to understand it. So what did Vince focus on regarding weight gaining nutrition, Armin?
0: Well, see, that was my situation. You know, I was a hard gainer. So, uh, and yes, this is for the guy that's probably more ectomorphic or ectomesomorphic. I was ectomeso, right. and what that means is you can eat a lot of food, but you just don't gain any weight. You know, women hate it. You know, and other people get jealous of it because they right. can eat what they want and they don't gain weight. They, right. Basically, you have a higher, you have a higher metabolism. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, when it comes to this, uh, Vince had to figure it out because he had to help a lot of different people. And uh, he, in this section, he talked about, you know, maintaining a 28 inch, 28 inch waist, which is what I had as well, exactly 26 when I started. Uh, and then he said, based on how he did the gain, weight gain strategy, you could gain up to about 60 pounds of quality weight. Uh, and this was focused on eating smaller quantities of food five to six times a day rather than you know trying to stuff themselves all day long
2: right, now right
0: i kind of agree and i kind of agree and i disagree at this point based on what i've learned but i will say if you are a hard gainer this is definitely something that you can give a try to see if it, it does help you it's just that it's not it's not too realistic in today's society trying to eat five to six regular meals so
1: right, to me right. it would
0: be you know a little different i i would approach it differently but that's what he talk about in this particular part for the hard gainer
1: I, I am kind of curious did he have certain type of recommendations when it comes like to proteins and fats and carbs
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah like usual um, you know he said carbs uh, build fat so he's like you know never muscle so it was he just hated carbs um, mm-hmm. but uh, then he goes on to talk about protein Uh, is you know builds muscle and and, you're using fats and so and if fats can be used for energy why even use carbohydrates just use right right so but he does also address that in other other documents but during this time period he was having a lot of success with not really having many carbohydrates at all so Mm -hmm. that's why he made that statement now he also talked about when you're consuming fat or when you're consuming your protein and you're having fat you want to have twenty five percent of the food you're eating in fat to help digest the protein. If you want to maximize your protein absorption, hmm. uh, he was just a okay. very big believer in this. So, in the point he makes on this is, you're gonna typical fats from meats are around nineteen percent, give or take. And so that's why he suggests having butter or some other fat on top of that to get to that twenty five percent consumption of fat. To help maximize the protein so that was not gotcha. you mentioned
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and this is to kind of keep the the, the metabolism uh, regulated so just burning fat the whole time and you're not storing it because you're not you're, you you got to burn energy so this is right. a, a good usable energy and then you know on, on my side of the fence i would say that you need you do need carbs okay but you you should use them strategically so you don't get the overspill which people get all day long So, but you use the carbs like after you train for recovery, because you want some insulin to spike up and push Mm -hmm. those nutrients into the cell. So I like using high glycemic carbs after I train with the protein I'm having, okay? Uh, Because you want an insulin spike and then drop right back down. You don't need a lot of carbs, typically 15 to 30 grams is pretty effective because you're just trying to replace the muscles and start the recovery process back up.
2: Mm -hmm. Then
0: in the evening, if you're pretty lean, then you can have some more of the high glycemic carbs to get another insulin spike uh, to help, again, push the evening meal into the the cells very effectively. But you do a lot more carbs in that strategy because what's going to happen is you're going to reload the muscles of the liver completely. And Mm -hmm. you'll get the insulin spike to come up, which will cause your serotonin levels to come up, which is going to convert to melatonin, which is going to cause you to get sleepy and drowsy, which will help with your sleep and put you in a better sleep so that you get that deep sleep cycle and that REM sleep cycle. So that's some other things on uh, my thoughts about how to use carbs. So you don't get excess body fat from it.
1: Oh, it seems very natural. advantageous <laughs> to get into that cycle because it seems to fix a lot of things once you do, right?
0: Oh yeah. It's very effective. I mean, and, and you're, you can always cut back your carb intake If you feel like you're getting, you're getting a little too smooth looking, well, mm-hmm. I've done this strategy for years and it, you'll maintain a six pack all year long once you once you lean out. It's easy to maintain a six pack with these strategies. And you can have you know high glycemic carbs, those are the, the the bad carbs. So that's sticky white rice, it's white potatoes, you can have some mashed potatoes, you can have some corn, some peas, you know, some homemade cookies, you know, homemade breads. So it's all it's it's a good compliment to things you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. so I think it's a win-win, uh, just from my that's my perspective on
1: it. Interesting. Okay. Well, did he have some other info or did he actually mention some other things regarding this?
0: Yeah. So he's gone into pretty good uh, depth with his current knowledge at this point. And this book was written at a fifties. So, uh, you know, he made a statement wow. that you could only digest, you know, 20 grams of protein per meal. Now he didn't really elaborate on that he just made that a statement so Mm -hmm. probably with some studies he saw that that's what it said because there's a lot of hot debate on that too um and then he felt like eating red meat was the best source of protein because it increased you know your red blood cell count which increases your oxygen level which increases your stamina and things like that and he also learned that with beef liver as well um and then he said nutritious at the time were suggesting that you know, a male could consume approximately 3000 calories a day for a typical male. And then again, this is a generalization. Uh, and he also thought that was enough to gain weight, um, you know, for the, but if they were derived from protein and fat, you would gain weight, but you would gain quality weight. So, uh, Hmm. done this way, you could actually lose as much as 20 pounds of fat in a 90 day period. So that's a statement he made in the book and I'm just kind of quoting that. So, kind of take that as is but that was what he said if you had three thousand calories you you could still lose body fat because you're eating protein and fat and you're training so you're going to be burning all those energy you will you're still going to lean out and i kind of that's how you kind of prepare for contests as well um and then (laughs) high protein and fat meals you know he was very big about do not eat those with a high starch food source so because that's just going to convert to fat because you got so much insulin coming up and you know, you're, you're going to overload, uh, the, the overfill the muscles and the liver. So the extra excess is going to go to the fat cells. So mm-hmm. just have your protein and fat. Don't have a, you know, a starchy carbs with it. Now you could have some vegetables, but they need to be non-starchy vegetables. So he highlighted that. And then he also said uh, eggs and milk have the highest fat content, uh, but they're still only about 19%. So that's where he's kind of advising you can have some additional fats on top of that if you're having that so that you can, uh, in some oils like olive oil or something like that, uh, coconut oil, that can help optimize your, your protein digestive uh, digestion to get get that 25% rule going. So he's mm-hmm. really big on that during this chapter.
1: <laughs> wow, that's a lot of great information, man. Um, I'm curious, what did he say about protein? staying in your system because you were talking about uh a certain percentage, I think you said 20%. Um yeah, well 20
0: you know, grams, yeah. Uh,
1: okay. So I there's a lot of debate about that. You're absolutely right. But how how did Vince talk about the protein staying in your system, Armin?
0: Uh that's a good question. Um actually it's a great question. In in his viewpoint, he stated the science has established That's what he says that protein only lasts three hours in your system, in the bloodstream, but it takes four hours before it it reaches your bloodstream. So after you digest it, it takes about four hours to get into there. Then it lasts about three hours. So that's where you get in this, have something every three to four hours strategy. So you constantly have enough protein to keep protein synthesis flowing. So pretty big on that. Uh, He also said that, um, you know, since he was a big fan of protein supplements is that when he started learning about that that's when he started experimenting with liquid amino acids and they're pretty brutal to take okay i've tried it myself and it, it tastes brutal but he was a big fan of them if you if you could stomach them he thought that was a great way to supplement keeping enough amino acids in your system because they don't have to be processed by the liver like when you eat protein uh, it needs to be what he called go through a process called to, before it can be put into the bloodstream so if you have amino acids or supplements available readily that, that break down pretty quickly uh, like we like he like we have with nsp nutrition you're right, gonna bypass right. the hydro hydrolyzation process and so they're gonna be in the bloodstream really rapidly so he thought that was something that's pretty important um and then another thing he said it was i thought was interesting too is raw meats digest within an hour and a half raw meat so You know something I got to keep in mind there, versus cooked meats take about four hours, and so that's why I'm a big proponent of having uh, what you call it uh, rare. My meat typically is rare. Right. Have any kind of red meat? Uh, Of course, a lot of people might freak out, like, oh my god, yeah, how can you even eat that? But
2: right, you
0: know, all you all you're doing when you're cooking red meat and other meats is you're just trying to break the carbon bonds. Uh, to, when you heat it up, so and then you kill any bacteria, break mm-hmm. your bonds and it'll digest. But just you, you're going to have, you're going to have actually some raw type of meat, technically raw, that it's going to break down and digest pretty quickly. So that's the advantage of having less overcooked meats. It's going to break down and get in your system. And there's all kinds of debate on that, but I like it. My you know, wife thinks I'm a nut, nut job for this, but uh, I, I've never had a problem with having. Uh, rare meat and i you know, mm-hmm. the restaurant won't do it i you know I'll have, I'll have medium rare but i all my red meat is rare uh and, and i know it digests really well so that's another mm-hmm. thing And then one last thing on this is um you know up you see he, he said up to two hours after exercising the body is going to assimilate 80 percent of the protein that was digested so that was another unique statement I've never heard. Okay. So let me just say it one more time up to two hours after exercising training, the body will assimilate 80% of the protein ingested. So what this also means is like, you know, I'm a proponent of doing fasting. When you do fasting that can help get rid of any undigested proteins. Cause again, not all the proteins are going to be broken down and be usable. So that's where fasting can help. So right. that's nothing I just want right. to kind of highlight, but you know, he, he's, he was pretty. I think he's pretty accurate on this stuff. Now, obviously, he read it through people that had already done research too. He didn't make it up. He he read because he read a lot of books. So, mm-hmm. anyways, it's kind of a long, drawn out explanation there.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Armin, you did also mention the digestion of the protein, and you know, protein's already hard enough on your system when you intake it to digest. That's why NSP has the digestive enzymes and yeah. You know, the probiotics is to help move that through your system. But, you know, to me, if you have a thought process about the rare meat, I would highly encourage everyone to at least try it, try it, because the thing that I found out, because I used to be a well done guy, I I have to admit, Uh, I was uh, a well done guy, but I tried rare and there's more flavor In rare than there is in well done. Well done is like you're getting like the fire the the flame. You're getting that taste, and and there's nothing wrong with it if you like that. But the rare, you're tasting the flavor of the protein. I mean,
0: well, and it's much better. There's an argument about. Well, there is an argument about the well-done that you're going to get more carcinogens from the way the meats overcooked from the well-done that's there's some arguments on that so that's another reason why i don't do the well-done myself Mm -hmm. so
1: (laughs) yeah so you're right yeah try the rare man oh you you won't go back once you try rare uh the flavors are amazing all right so moving on what did he say about gaining weight i'm curious what vince had to say about gaining weight
0: All right. Well, first off, he really recommended uh, 10 beef liver capsules every three hours. So I was like, eh, that's pretty interesting. You know, I do the hmm. 10 myself, uh, but right. you know, at that, in those days they were tablets. So they break down a little slower. You know, they weren't, I don't think they were as good, but, but these capsules that they make, we make today, they're, they're really efficient. So he, he wanted that to happen. He's a big fan of having certified raw milk, uh and having that during the day through your, at your, what he called coffee breaks so that was kind of an accepted thing in those days so instead of having you know when you had your coffee you have some certified raw milk that's something you can't even hardly get today you, it's like pulling teeth to try to find that but he was a mm-hmm. huge fan of that because the reason for that is because the en- enzymes were still active in the raw milk when you pasteurize you, you you tear those enzymes up and he wanted those enzymes to be available for better absorption because you get a lot of casein, which is a long-burning amino acid from raw milk, but certified hmm. raw milk is, as he put it. Um, and then after that, he did he had his own set of rules for people that what he called were underweight or a hard gainer.
1: Okay, so I want to hear these rules. Tell us about these rules for the hard gainers.
0: Yeah, these are these are kind of interesting. Uh, some of them I agree with, some of them not so much. But at that time. <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, you know, never overeat. Uh, and he felt like if you overeat, it would cause weight loss because you want to eat later. Cause he wanted the five to six meals, if you might guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he wanted to eat small meals every three hours. And that was again, to have protein in the system constantly. Um, never allow yourself to get hungry. Uh, you know, some of that's debatable if that was a big deal,
2: right, uh, right? No
0: smoking, you know, no smoking at all because that's not good for the capillaries. Uh, and then eight hours, uh, you know, eight hours of um, smoking and his research stated that you'd burn 25 milligrams of vitamin C just by smoking. Um, so I was like, all right, that's kind of hmm. interesting. I never heard that before. So that's a that's a new new statement. Mm-hmm. Now, the accuracy of that, it's hard to say. Uh, number five was you know, always uh, eat something before retiring, before you go to bed. So some of the things you got to be careful there. But if you're just having protein and fat, probably not a big deal because you're not going to have insulin come up Mm
2: -hmm. because even
0: if you, you even though you may, you may only digest 50% of the protein and the rest of it's going to be converted to glucose, it still does not cause an insulin response. So you're, you're, you're going to probably okay with that when you you just have protein and fats before bed. So I kind of get what he was saying there. Uh, Number six was to regularly, uh, regularity in your eating. You know, the more consistent you are with the habits, then the body likes that it like to thrive on regularity because it knows what's going to happen. He thought that that was pretty important. And the same thing with the workouts, keep everything real regular. Number seven, you get control of your emotions. So I thought that was like, okay. And Uh he says, nervous energy causes you to shut off your endocrine system because of the stress. And it probably was getting at, and that in those times was cortisol. So if you if you get too stressed out and can't manage your emotions as you put it, then your cortisol level comes up, then that's going to cause problems with putting on weight or putting on muscle because it, right. it shuts things down. So probably good good point there. Then number eight was to always maintain a full satisfied feeling. I'm not sure the big pluses on that, but um, you know obviously if you're satiated, that's good. Mm-hmm. But you know you got to. If you're satiated, the whole, three hours later, then that's another, another issue, I would say. But even though you're having smaller meals, you still want to just stay satiated and full. Um, and then number nine was to calm down and conserve your energy, which I was I did that naturally because mm-hmm. if I had a I had a hard labor job, which I had for a period of time, I had to eat extra food to overcompensate for that laborious work because you know you burn a lot of energy. Right. So that made a ton of sense. So you just got to, you know, t- do less, try to minimize what you're doing so you can cons- conserve as much energy as possible for your training and then right. not overburning because you have a higher metabolism when you're a heart gainer. And then number 10, he was really big on and this is in most of the documents I've read about laying down and or sitting at an angle for better stomach uh, action to absorb your nutrients. I mean, he was just, you know, he went to elevate, elevate your feet, sit down and just give yourself a time for the food to digest. He felt like this allows one third of the blood in the body, because it's going to pool when you eat, to concentrate in the area and then maximize the digestion. So he was -hmm. was a huge believer in that. So, and it does, you know, your blood does pool in the stomach to help with the digestion process. I get that. But he wanted to make, he wanted to maximize how long that blood stayed there to get those nutrients into this into the system and then it's going to circulate throughout the body
1: so pretty
0: Hmm. amazing as far as how he came up with all this so
1: (laughs) well pretty amazing because you're saying this was in the 50s and look where we are now and we're still talking about it uh the guy definitely did a lot of research a lot of homework and knew what was going on for the most part right i mean this is great stuff
0: yeah, he was ahead of his time by far, yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, a lot of interesting things. You got anything else for us?
0: Yeah, he also had a statement in there, and I thought this would, be, this would be interesting for people to hear, is during this time he said, here's a European tip, as he called it, and this is where he recommended drinking equal parts of half and half, or cream, one or the other, with mixed with ginger ale, okay, and then you hmm. drink that like 10 a.m. two 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. Uh, as a weight gain drink so half and half or cream equal parts so let's say six ounces of half and a half then you'd have six ounces of uh, ale or ginger ale mm-hmm. that you could mix together and drink that i i, I was like wow that's because that that's probably the precursor to where he goes into the 12 eggs, so the 12 eggs in, and throw the protein yeah. in, and all that drink. But uh, he hmm. said that was a European tip that he had picked up. So I thought, well, that's, that'd be something good to mention. Um, and then um, he also mentions, you know, breaking the rut because of when you're eating five to six meals and you're eating a lot of protein and fat, you are going to develop mucus. And and I believe this too. So way you clear out the mucus is you, which, Builds up an intestinal tract. It's just trying to digest all this food. Mm-hmm. He really suggests taking the psyllium seed or psyllium husk, psyllium seed, uh, and take that before bed and keep using that until that mucus clears out. But hmm. he would recommend you do that every six months. So, you know, it may be several weeks you take this stuff to clear the mucus out of your system. Now, I'm not sure how you check the mucus is out, but he's very adamant about doing that. And he's done, he stated that in a lot of different documents as well.
1: Wow, a lot of interesting stuff, Armin. Uh, we are running out of time. So any final thoughts?
0: Yeah, the other thing is he, he was a big proponent of eat real food. Now how many times have we said this, but you know, right. eat real food because there's nothing in processed food. And then you because if you he felt like if you ate processed food, you're more likely to overeat, and you're overeating food that is not high in, right. in high <laughs> density nutrients. So and if you know all you got to do is look at society today. I mean, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, our weight problem is huge. And it's just with all this processed food, pure and simple. It's not about the fat. And you're seeing, I'm seeing more and more studies now saying fat is fine. You've got to get rid of all this crap processed food. And then all the mm-hmm. sugar, it's just, it is ridiculous. Absolutely. So anyways, that's a whole, that's a whole other can of worms. A whole other, whole other statement some other time, but um, just have to throw that out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's uh the master series program seven by vince garanda yep. not only nutrition but you know the program itself and armin yep. uh we we appreciate man all the reading studying and all the information that you give to us every week and i know our fans do too because we're seeing more and more comments on youtube yep. and we're getting more information i know you've been responding to them but this is terrific news. Uh, Kind of yeah. a little bit crazy activity here, huh?
0: Well, uh, that's what we want. We want to, we're want trying to help people and help them better understand and learn from somebody that really learned a lot early on mm-hmm. and is spot on. So you know, there are some exceptions, don't get me wrong, but a lot of it's still accurate. So let's keep moving forward with that.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Now, if you want to comment, uh, if you have a suggestion for a topic for the show, Uh, you know, any feedback or or anything, we definitely want to hear from you. Now, if you watch the YouTube show, as Armin said, you can comment right underneath, or if it's uh, a very long comment, or maybe you have a couple of comments, hey, you can email us. And you can send that to support at nspnutrition.com. And Armin and I will get that info. And who knows, maybe your topic or question will be the subject of our next show and we would appreciate that. So, uh, right. Armin, another great show. Thanks so much for all you do, man.
0: Well, no problem. Really enjoy it. And, uh, looking for the next one.
1: All right. And thank you all for joining us, whether you're listening or watching and join Armin and I next week for a brand new episode of the NSP nutrition show.